everyone, and welcome to the Eat and Ascend podcast. This is JJ Briggs, and this is just going to be a quick solo episode. I've got some awesome episodes on deck, uh, but in this episode, I just wanted to kind of, I guess, publicly answer a couple questions I got last week via Instagram. I love, love, love answering questions, and if I don't know the answer to your question, I will find out the answer to your question. So if you ever have a nutrition question or really any question for me, seriously, DM me, email me, let me know. Um, actually, a couple of people have asked me questions that I say, you know what, I don't know, but I have somebody lined up for the podcast, and I'm going to add this to my list to ask them. That's what I've done a couple times this week. All this to say, if I get a question from one person, there might be others out there who could benefit from hearing the answer as well. So one of the questions I got from Garvey, what's up? I know you listen. Uh, She said, what the heck is a hunger scale? And can you please explain it to me? And I said, absolutely. I think I sent her like 19 videos on Instagram. So Garv, thanks for bearing with those. I think I've talked about the hunger scale on a couple other podcasts, and I'm actually going to read principle two of the intuitive eating principles. This is from the book Intuitive Eating. I am not an intuitive eating dietitian. However, I have read the intuitive eating book or rather listened, and I have the book that I reference. I think there are so many wonderful takeaways, even just as I was like kind of looking up a couple things about the hunger scale, I got distracted. They were talking about like dichotomous thinking and challenging your food police. So principle two of the intuitive eating principles, it is honor your hunger. So it says, keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. One of the first things I help my clients learn is to kind of get back in touch with their hunger cues. So when I explain the hunger scale, um, I use a 10-point scale, and this is also what a lot of other dietitians use. So the one on the hunger scale, it's that like primal hunger. You're so hungry. I always say you're so hungry you could eat a shoe. You might feel a little dizzy. It might be difficult to concentrate. That absolute primal hunger. Two still pretty hangry, pretty hungry, almost like sometimes like a little nauseous. Like sometimes when I get my, get too hungry, I get a little nauseous. You want to eat the first thing in sight. I always know when I'm at this like two, because I come downstairs from my office, I open the cabinet and I just start eating like cheese and crackers and whatever straight from the cabinet without even putting it on a plate and sitting down and eating. Then that number three, it's like you have a strong desire to eat got some strong hunger cues, maybe some hunger pangs in your belly. Uh, Four, you're like kind of starting to feel that hunger um, a little bit here. Five is neutral, right in the middle. That six, you're pretty fully satisfied, no hunger cues being received. Seven, moving past satisfied, you might have had um, a few bites to eat for pleasure. Eight's kind of that stuffed feeling. Nine, pretty uncomfortable, pretty bloated. Uh, Think of that kind of like food coma feeling. And then that 10 is like that beyond full, I would say like you can't eat another grain of rice, that like feeling you get on Thanksgiving. So again, the hunger scale, it's a 10 point scale. It's This is not unique to me. This is something that a lot of dietitians will use. So one thing I'd like to encourage people to do is to, to start to like really get in touch with your hunger cues. 
you know, are you feeling hungry in the morning? Are you getting a little hangry at 9 a.m.? Are you feeling that strong desire to eat in the morning? But uh, because you're intermittent fasting or because you haven't made time to eat, are you, are you not eating breakfast until later in the day? Or are you skipping breakfast entirely and going straight to lunch? Start to kind of get in, in touch with some of those hunger cues. Ideally, right? Ideally, you want to start eating around that three or four, starting to have some physical cues, some some indications that you are hungry. You want to stop eating around a six or a seven when you're fully satisfied, maybe having a few bites of food for pleasure. And that's in an ideal world. There might be times where you're starting to eat at a two and you're finishing at a nine. You're really, really ravenous. You're not making rational decisions. And therefore, you kind of overeat a little bit and you get that uncomfortable, bloated feeling. After hearing about this hunger scale, I want you to kind of, you know, go into the next few days just thinking about it and try to think about it in a non-judgmental way, right? The purpose of this is not to be like, oh my gosh, Jennifer, I can't believe you let yourself get to a two and you let yourself get to be too hangry and you ate yourself into a nine, you're uncomfortable, you're bloated. No, no, that's not what we want. What we want is to realize, oh my gosh, I got wrapped up in work. I got too hangry. I didn't make time to eat or I didn't prioritize my eating early in the day. You know, just simply kind of assess current state and where you might have some gaps and where you might be able to have some room for improvement. Sometimes we are really good at ignoring our hunger cues, at um, not realizing that some of the things we're we're feeling are actually hunger. Uh, You know, again, I know sometimes I get a little nauseous. And I think it's like anxiety or something with work, but really I just realized, oh my gosh, like, no, I just, I gotta, I gotta get some food in this belly. And in an ideal world, yes, we're starting to eat around that three or four and we're finishing our meals around a six or a seven, but we live in reality. We don't live in an ideal world. So there are going to be times where you eat past that point of fullness. And there are going to be times where we emotionally eat, where we don't eat due to physiological hunger. I encourage everybody to listen to episode 25 with Tony Marinucci, we talked about emotional eating. The goal is never to eliminate emotional eating. The goal is just to maybe reduce the frequency and also make sure that eating isn't our only coping mechanism for when we're feeling stressed, for when we're feeling anxious, or or when we're feeling nervous about something. So if you find yourself constantly getting to that nine or 10, constantly getting that beyond full kind of like sick feeling, maybe reducing the frequency that you're reaching that nine or reaching that 10, maybe that's a goal for you. It's not realistic that somebody's going to learn about this hunger scale and all of a sudden they're, they're eating and their food intake is going to perfectly align at this three or four and six to seven range. And perfection is never the goal. So just be aware. I'll make sure to pro- provide a link to this hunger scale in the show notes. And if you have any questions about it, please let me know. And the second question I got from somebody was how often should I be working out every single week? And first and foremost, I want to put it out there that I'm not a certified personal trainer. I have no certifications in uh, fitness whatsoever. So I want to lead with that. But really, truly, the answer here is it depends. And I know that's such a stereotypical dietitian answer. The current dietary guidelines for Americans say, and I quote, Adults need at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity and should perform muscle strengthening exercises on two or more days each week. 
Youths ages 6 to 17 years need 60 minutes of physical activity per day, and it goes on and on. So adults, 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity uh, per week and some muscle strengthening exercise two or more days per week. Again, I'm pulling this right from the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. I will um, also tag some uh, people who are in the kind of uh, fitness space and who do have credentials behind their names. Maybe I can get them to weigh in on, on this part of it. But what I wanted to say here is if, let's say, hypothetically, you're getting 20 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical activity, maybe you're doing like one hit class a week or you're doing one lift per week. It's not realistic to go from 20 minutes per week to 150 minutes per week. Like that's a big jump. What is that? 130 minutes? That's over two hours. So I guess I would I would say it depends. It depends on your goals and it depends on what your current activity level is. Um, and also it doesn't have to be lifting. I know I've said this a million times, but seriously, do the activity that you enjoy. And if you don't know where to start, start with walking. I think walking is so underrated. I'm very fortunate that I have a dog who gets me outside every single day. But if you don't know where to start, if you're turned off from the gym, if you don't want to go back to the gym because of COVID, if you're having trouble motivating yourself to work out at home, and you don't know where to start, seriously, go for a walk. And make it a habit to go for a walk. Maybe you start your day with a 10 minute walk, you get outside, you get some sunlight, or maybe uh, at lunchtime, you take 50 minutes to eat, and 10 minutes to go for a walk. Now, I don't know a lot of people that are actually taking an hour lunch break. So maybe that's not realistic. But again, try to find ways to make walking a habit. Or even if it's the goal of, I'm going to go for two 20-minute walks this week. Or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday evening, I'm going to take a a walk around my block. Again, the question was, how much should I work out? And my answer would be, it really truly depends, again, on your current goals, where you're currently at. And there's there's no prescription. There's no one size fits all. What works for me is going to be different from what works for you. So just because your neighbor is doing CrossFit or just because your cousin likes Orange Theory doesn't mean that you have to like CrossFit or that Orange Theory is going to work for you. Find what you like and do what you enjoy. want to make sure you're nourishing your body with not only the food that you're putting in it, but the movement that you're doing. Nourishing your body, nourishing your mind, and nourishing your soul. And with that, thank you all so much for listening. I've currently been rambling for 17 minutes, so we'll see how long this episode ends up being. Please rate, subscribe, review. I think I'm going to do a giveaway soon based on the reviews. So get an early entry into that giveaway. Leave me a review. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we'll chat soon.